Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Yeah, I hear it. I hear it in your heart. It's all good. That was a good hearty woo! All right, so how many of you know who I am, and you have seen a viral video that I posted two years ago? Okay, good. How many of you have zero clue, and you're like, is she Chewbacca's mother in an upcoming film? Is that, is that confusing for some of y'all? Well, let me clarify real quick, because you don't have four minutes in our time together this morning for y'all to go check out the video. It is a four-minute video that I posted from my car, where I was laughing with a toy Chewbacca mask. Listen, it's really high class and high brow comedy. It's one of those you got to kind of have British sense of humor to appreciate. If you can't tell, sarcasm is a love language of mine. I, I did this video four minutes and three minutes of it are just pure laughter. There is nothing else going on. As a matter of fact, this was one of the first Facebook live videos ever to go viral. So much so that it landed me in the 2017 Guinness World Book of Records for the most viral video view count in 48 hours. Isn't that ridiculous? Laughing. Like, it's ridiculous. I tried to show my kids how cool this was because we get that little, you know, book every year because it's just fun for the kids. And my son was like, yeah, whatever, mom, you're in a book. Cool. I was like, you're so lame. You don't even know. You don't even know. Try to do something cool. Any mom ever feel like that? You try to do something cool for your kids and they're like totally lost on them? Yeah, whatever. I stopped trying. That's what I did. So I'm like, I'm not participating in this game anymore of trying to be cool for my kids. I just be myself. All right. So this video happened and I got to tell you the statistics are crazy. I'm telling you these things because I want to get it out of the way so that I could really tell you some more incredible stuff. All right. But What happened is I posted this video on a Thursday afternoon, about 2.30 in the afternoon. My whole intention was to go live for my mom friends that were probably in a school, you know, carpool line waiting to pick their kids up. And I thought this would be hilarious. Any of my mom friends that are online would think this is fun. And before I went to bed that night, I had one million views. Right? I don't know a million people. So, (laughs) privacy settings are real, kids. (laughs) That's all I got to say. I quickly learned what they were as well. Um, And not only that, but by the time I was sleeping that night, I didn't just go viral. We're talking about mega viral. The video that was before mine that had the most Facebook Live view counts was a video by BuzzFeed. Have you all heard of this group? Okay. They were basically taking a watermelon and putting rubber bands on top of it to see how many it would take before the watermelon would explode. I'm telling you, classy company. (laughs) And this video had 10 million views when I went to bed that night. Um, When I woke up the next morning, I woke up to no less than 15 voicemails from CNN, BBC, NPR, Good Morning America, all of our Dallas news channels here, um, and some company in Ireland. (laughs) Still don't know that company. I didn't call them back. I was like, I ain't got time for that. Um, 
And I woke up to look at the video, and it had not only doubled 10 million, but it had surpassed it. I was at 24 million views by the time I woke up. And I don't sleep that long. I'm a mom. So y'all moms know what I'm talking about. You're like, did you get five hours or six? That's where you're at. And I woke up, and um, I, I started my day, and really from that moment on, it has led through this entire whirlwind of craziness for the past two years. As a matter of fact, I can say two years now, because last Saturday, May 19th, was the Chewy mom anniversary, right? <laughs> and, and we actually have had the two-year mark of when that video happened. And in these past two years... God has really opened up some doors for me to have a platform and to share joy in a way that I never thought was possible. It's just bizarre the way that he fulfills your dreams. Isn't it? It, That that Ephesians 3.20 passage where it says that he can do more than you could ever dream, hope, or imagine, I've seen that over the past two years. The irony is, is that I'm a singer and a worship leader and a songwriter. And so I thought that the world would get to know me through my voice. Well, they did. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the way I expected, right? God has some incredible plans for you. And I just wanted to encourage you this morning that if you've given up on some dreams, don't give up. Because our God always is moving and always is working. You know what? When God introduced himself to us in the Old Testament, he didn't introduce himself as, I will. Or I already have. He said to Moses, go tell them, I am. And I really believe that's powerful for us to know is that we still have a God that is moving and active and always working. Always working. And I think sometimes we really, really, really love to sing these songs in worship that are about the promises of God and that are about his faithfulness that we recount. But we forget to stand in the middle of his I am and say, thank you, God, that you are working things right now. So if you feel a little hopeless this morning, let me just go ahead and just give you some of that hope back. Our God's still moving. He's still doing some incredible stuff. And so I could go and and I could really tell you about all the fun stuff that's happened over this past two years. I got to meet J.J. Abrams. Oh, that was pretty exciting. (laughs) Listen, there's a cool factor you can have if you, like, prepare for it, right? I kind of knew I was going to be on Good Morning America. I'd been talking with some producers of the show. They paid for a flight out there. I knew I was going to get to meet Robin Roberts, probably George Stephanopoulos. I'm geeking out a little bit, right? But at least I can keep it together because I know what's coming. And you can act like you belong there and try to be cool, right? Well, I get on the James Corden show, and they surprised me with J.J. Abrams. Y'all, I now know what undignified looks like. He's so cute. He's a little bit shorter than me. Oh my gosh, I wanted to put him in my pocket. Um, I did. I just wanted to squeeze him and put him in my pocket and be like, come home. Um, but he, he surprised me and he was like, hi, I saw your, and before he could finish the sentence, I said, Shh, I'm about to pass out. Oh my God. I literally was doubled over and lightheaded. And then I proceed to ask him a stalker question, y'all. I ask him, 
Is it true that you have a box in your office with mystery magic tricks that you got with your dad when you were nine years old? And it inspires you to write mystery? Like, I can't breathe. I can't talk. Pretty sure I've developed asthma. (laughs) And this man's face, he just went, yeah, that's true. How'd you know that? (laughs) I'm not weird. I just read it. And I really love you. I mean, like, everything that you could do to be absolutely stupid, I was doing within about three seconds. I had completely lost all cool points. All of them. Uh, I've had some of those momentous moments that they will always be these memories that I have. But the greatest thing that I have seen happen is people start confessing a need that we didn't even know that we had. I would get message upon message from people in my inbox, and they would say, I watched your video, and I laughed so hard. And you want to know something? I forgot how to laugh like that. It's been forever since I've laughed like that. I, don't, I, think, I, I think I need some joy. I think I'm missing out. And all of a sudden, we have people, for the first time in years, have a complete identifier happening, I'm in lack. And we haven't had this in a while. Have you noticed that social media is not necessarily the most joyful place to go all the time? (laughs) Y'all are like, that was a quick write. Right. My uncle, I got to get him off of there. (sighs) Everything he says is just polarizing. (laughs) Anybody have that uncle? I have an uncle like that. I'm going to confess it. I block him. I'm just saying it. At some point, you got to go, stop, stop, Roy, stop it. I just said Roy. That's not his real name. I was trying to think of a a name to protect his identity. Oh, gosh. Because if you really found him, y'all would be like, she's related to that. I would say that about probably 90% of my family, you'd say that. Right? And so would you. So don't lie. Confession's good for the soul. It's really good. (laughs) So... So I, would, I was seeing something happening where people were messaging me saying, on social media, I found a little joy today. I found something I didn't even know I was missing. And from that platform, I really started to begin to see what joy really was. Have you ever, have you ever discovered something about yourself that maybe you undervalued? This is what happened to me about two years ago. See, I grew up in church. And I grew up wanting to be a worship leader. So because of that, and because I just have some natural talent in a certain area, I thought that that would be my my calling. But really, it's different. It's different. God gives you a calling that is to do something that far outweighs your life. And that takes the focus off of yourself and puts it on him. And everything that I was really seeking was about trying to get my name out there. And when I finally gave that up, God broke through and opened the door because my heart was ready to actually put the glory back on him. And and the coolest thing now is now I have a mission and a message and a mantle of joy. Well, I better start studying the Bible about joy. Oh my gosh, open that, crack open that sucker. What does it say about it? Because I was always the worship leader that when everything would get serious and the holy haze, well, that's what I call the fog machine, the holy haze, (laughs) y'all know it's true, you know, it comes in and you're like, yes, 
And for those of y'all that haven't been on stage when it's on stage coming behind you, it's magical. I'm just going to say it. It's, it's like a cool breeze. It's so good. But when those things happen and everybody would get serious and they'd find themselves on their face and weeping before God, I'm the worship leader that's like, yeah, oh, calm it down, calm it down. Everybody got somber all of a sudden. I'm over here and I promise you if I had a ribbon, I'd be swirling it around. And what I discovered is I was trying to put myself and my giftings and my natural inclinations of how God made me in this small, tiny box to fit what the expectation was of a culture and a spiritual vacuum, really. And, and the thing is, is that God has intrinsically created you very, very differently with a mission that is a part of your personality that already exists. You know, my husband, um, when we got married, have y'all seen that movie, Tarzan? Like, there's 50 of them. But the, the one with Roseanne, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, not Roseanne, <laughs> Barr. That's a whole, that would be a whole other movie. Anne, I could just hear her now. Tarzan! All right, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Do the laundry! I don't know. There's something there. Maybe that needs to happen. But... But Rosie O'Donnell was this ape, and she comes on the scene at one point, and she goes, the fun has arrived. Y'all remember that scene? My husband looked at me. We were watching this movie, and he goes, that is so you. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're the fun in every room. Like, the fun has arrived. He said, that's just what I'm going to call you. I said, if you ever reference me to an ape again, I promise you, you better watch yourself in your sleep, buddy. I sleep next to you. Rephrase that. Rephrase it. Give me a compliment in a good way where I don't look like a gorilla. <clears throat> Our marriage is healthy, by the way. So, <laughs> what, what has been so cool, though, is my husband saw something in me that I never saw in myself, is, is that really God had shaped me to be fun, to be a carrier of joy. And so here I am now with this open door and a platform and things that are already inside of me. Listen, I didn't get this platform and then decide to have a a whole mission and write a book and all these things. All these things were already working and bubbling inside of me. All that God did was open up a door to walk through it. And so what ended up happening is now I've written a book about my life story and how I have actually fought for joy. You know, um, one of the great things about the subtitle of my book is it says experience freedom. Oh, embrace freedom. I should know that. That's my book. I've been doing this for a while. Oh, help me, Jesus. Embrace freedom and experience defiant joy. There's something about a joy in your life that when it says, I'm going to defy everything that's come against me and choose it regardless. It's not defiance like a school kid when you put them in the corner because they haven't done right and, you know, go right on the board, 50 sentences. It's not that defiance. It's the defiance like gravity. When we learned how to take flight, when we invented an airplane and we said, our natural law should be that we stay to the ground and here we have a machine now that every day defies that natural law. There is joy that can actually defy whatever comes against you and whatever circumstances surround you in your everyday life. And that joy only comes from one place that I have found. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, Galatians tells us very clearly, the fruit of the Spirit is, how many of y'all know this fruit song? 
Do y'all know it? Do y'all do that as kids? Man, we were jacked up as kids. I just thought, really, we were looking... I was always hungry, really, is what it came down to it. I was always expecting fruit. And then there was no fruit. We were just singing a song about grapes disguised as peace. I don't know. I don't know. Too many VBSs did me in. But... But there are fruits of the Spirit, and one of them is joy. And it has to come from something much deeper inside. It cannot be just external. Now, that's not to say that I don't like happiness either. I think, I think Christians put happy in a corner. You know, like a dirty dancing, nobody puts baby in a corner? I think we like to do that to happiness and be like, well, God doesn't want you happy. He wants you holy. I've heard that phrase. I don't agree with that. Because every time that I look at the root word on the Sermon on the Mount, when he said, blessed are those who, dot, dot, dot. The word blessed actually means happy are those. You know what? God really does want for you joy. A life filled with joy. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So that's Satan. The enemy, he has one agenda in your life. It's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus has come. So that you may have life and have it to the absolute fullest. The fullest. So it means that you will laugh more. You will also feel more. And you may shed way more tears as well. But it will be full at the end of your days. And it will be defiant of whatever is thrown at you. Come on. That's a life worth living. So... In this process, now we're at a two-year mark. I've been sharing the story about joy. Can I just tell you what God is starting to really birth in me? Is a new message of love to accompany this joy. This morning, y'all didn't know this. You didn't know what I was going to talk about. But every single song that we talked about was about what? The love of God. And I was sitting over there just laughing with the Holy Spirit. I was like, you're so sneaky. Look at you, HS. You just sneaky all up in here. There are only two things in our lives that are eternal to pursue. And this is really easy. Like from the youngest to the oldest in here, we can all grasp this. We have two things that we could pursue. And it could take our entire life. Loving God and loving others. It's the only thing that has eternal value. It's the only thing that we will see the result of it when we enter into glory. It's how well did we love God and how well did we love others. And is this important to God that we love? Is it important to God that we be together? Do you want to know how important it is to him? That when he sent his son Jesus to actually come to the earth, he named him Emmanuel meaning God with us. Not only did he name him Emmanuel, let's talk about how sneaky God is. He had him born during the Feast of Tabernacles, which is actually a moment in the Jewish culture where they would pitch a tent. Man, I got to watch that phrase. I've heard some bad videos on those. Have you seen that? Don't mix those vowels. All right. So they would pitch a tent And they would go out and they would stay inside of that tent to remember that God is with us. The entire Old Testament is basically a story about God showing his presence to his people. 
He says, I will be with you as a cloud of fire by... Oh, no. What is it? Fire by day? Pillar by night. Thank you. I always get those confused. First of all, I can't imagine a pillar of fire. Can you? It must look like a big, huge Roman column. That's crazy. Might need to watch like an Avenger movie or something and get Thor, one of those where he's... He has a pillar of lightning, I think. All right. Y'all are like, we are following her crazy mind right now. She is taking us somewhere that she didn't plan. And if you thought that, you're right. Go ahead and assume it. God's whole desire is to bring his presence to us. And for us to be with him. Look in the garden. The beginning of the story is him walking in the cool of the day with us. Is it important to be together to God? Yes. Yes. I love how Paul describes this in Philippians chapter 2. If you want to open up your Bible and if you have the Bible app, we're going to be looking at five verses really quick. I know people are like, y'all have only got 10 minutes left. You better hurry with five verses. I can go fast, okay? Philippians 2, if you have the Bible app on your phone, I love that they encourage you to go ahead and use your device. There's a new translation out called the Passion Translation. That if you would like to look along with me, that's what I'm going to be reading from in this passage. But I want you to get how important being together is for God. It says in verse 1, Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and felt His tender affection and mercy. Anybody here? Anybody here ever had any encouragement from your relationship with God? Anybody ever felt the tenderness and mercy of the Holy Spirit working on you? If you have any encouragement, any, any signal of love from what Jesus has done in your life, pay attention because God wants to show you something seriously here. Seriously, wonderful. You cannot have a shallow relationship with the Holy Spirit and actually love others the way that you need to. It, it says here, if... If you have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I grew up in a denomination where we really didn't talk about the Holy Spirit unless it was a big event of 5,000 or more, and then all of a sudden he was there. And I was like, oh, he's going to show up. There's like more than 5,000 people. That's where the Holy Spirit is. And all of a sudden I get into adulthood, and I realize that the Holy Spirit is my comforter. He is my guide. He is like water. I mean, he is nearness to the heart of God. Um, and so I look at this passage and I just think, how many years of my life was left in a shallow relationship with the Holy Spirit instead of a deepening friendship? And I want to encourage you, because it's never too late to start that deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit. Never. Never. And if you don't know how, I don't have but eight minutes, so I can't disciple you on that. But we're going to continue on. And I guarantee you, if you ask somebody here, they will give you some knowledge to lead you into that. Verse 2. So, I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together, together, watch that word, in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. You know, there's a new joy that happens when God sees his children loving one another. 
joined together, walking together with one heart. And not like you have one like anatomical heart beating and it's some weirdo cult and we're going to just you know, do surgery on you when you leave. Don't go literal. When we're talking about heart, it's talking about your essence, the core of what you believe. And if you believe in the same thing with that one heart, and if you say we have one purpose, here's a purpose to grasp. Love God, love others. You want joy in your life? Paul says you do these things and it'll fill my heart with unbounded joy. Unbounded joy. Keep on reading. Verse 3. Now this one, I'm just going to preface it. For those of y'all that you've grown up with a judgmental lens of scripture, this sounds a little harsh. But I want you to hear it in a different way this morning. I want you to hear it as almost a permission, not a command. Okay? Verse 3. Be free. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. There is a freedom that we have been offered to actually be free from pride. And it is a good thing. It's not a work on our own to try to be free from pride and be like, oh. Man, this is really, it's really hard to not think of myself in this situation because I feel like I'm being hurt here. I feel like nobody's paying attention to my needs and I feel like I'm being overlooked and I feel like I'm anonymous and I feel like, God, you've forgotten me. God's saying, if the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. And one of the things that you can be free from is your pride-filled opinions. And, and love this, don't let self-promotion hide in your heart. Wow, that one, that one stings a little bit because I don't know about y'all. But we're happy for somebody until they get what we want. That hurt. That hurt me. We're all happy for somebody as long as it's not our dream. And here's what I've looked. Look at the actual words. What I've seen about this is pride harms, self-promotion hides, and selfishness displays. Look in verse 4. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest. Mm. And then verse 5. Consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Consider that example. Let his mindset become your motivation. I love this translation. Is it not kicking right now? Let his, kick in, y'all are like, I don't know, are you in the 90s? Yes, I am. Get over it. Build a bridge. Um, Let his mindset become your motivation. Here's the deal. We want to know what the example of Christ was? Look in Hebrews 12 too. I'll read it to you because we don't have much time. His example is this. Literally, it says that. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing you would be his... He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the very throne of God. His example was that he saw death and humiliation on a hill that he created and says, that's my joy. What? 
That is an overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God that says, I will willingly take the cross because my joy is to make them mine. My joy is to bring them together. What? Togetherness is so important to God. It's so important to him. You want to know something that I love about every good film? Foreshadowing. Do y'all know what this is? Don't worry, kids. In high school, you'll have to learn it in English. Foreshadowing is basically when you get to see what's coming ahead through a little hint in the story. Every good movie, every good mystery, every good crime drama has foreshadowing, and it's usually incredible. Look for it in the opening credits. Promise you. You think it's just some papers being scattered around with names on them. Look at those names. You're going to be like, I'm seeing the foreshadowing here. I love to be able to guess what's ahead of the story. And in Psalms 16, verse 11, we have some foreshadowing to what God was setting up by having joy set before Jesus. It says this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, God says, my presence, my togetherness with you is where you're going to find your joy. It will be the fullest, greatest, most abundant joy you're ever going to know, but it has to be with me. And then it says, and at his what? Right hand are pleasures forevermore. What did we just read that was at the right hand of God? What? (laughs) Foreshadowing, people. It's not just saying at my right hand is this mystery cloud of pleasures. He's saying at my right hand, my son will be seated to divvy out his one mission, which is to give you pleasures forevermore. Jesus is the one that's saying, you need some joy? Here you go. Here you go. Come on, let's do this. He made a way where there was no way. Yes, he did, baby girl. I just want to sing with you right now. You're so cute. Um, Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I believe honestly that the Lord God wanted you here this morning because he needs to set a reminder before you. You have two things that have eternal value always with me. Love me. Love me and then love my people. And if you think that's only just one time in scripture, look at the way that he restored Peter after Peter denied him. He said, Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Well, sheep. He didn't talk grammatically incorrect. It is vital for the kingdom of God to be represented in the way that we are together. Both with him and both with each other.